Efficiency Services Group partners with publicly owned electric utilities to deliver energy efficiency programs and services. ESG serves as an extension of energy services staff, bringing a wealth of skills and experience to provide direct install programs, customer care kits, field auditing and inspections, utility staff training, and reporting for Bonneville Power Administration customers and California utilities. Learn more about how ESG can benefit your energy efficiency organization at EfficiencyServicesGroup.com. That's EfficiencyServicesGroup.com. Welcome to News Data's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, Energy West listeners. I'm Jason Fordney editor of California Energy Markets. Flying solo again today, Dan Catchpole, my colleague, is out sick today, but he'll be back next week, I'm sure. I'm here to give you a rundown of the top energy headlines in California in our Friday issue of CEM. I'm coming at you from Northern California, Nevada City, to be specific. Had a great weekend. I did uh, what you do in summer hung out at the pool, went to the Empire Mines State Park here in uh, Grass Valley, which is a sister city to Nevada City, and uh, went to see a reggae show. So all very summery kind of things going on. But I want to give you a little rundown of what's going on here in California. First of all, this news consider, uh, concerns the California Public Utilities Commission. The CPUC might be increasing storage at the Aliso Canyon Natural Gas Facility in Southern California, which is uh, a more controversial than you might think. We'll get into that a little bit. Also, in my bottom lines, I took a look at how summer's going on the California electric grid. And finally, the California Department of Water Resources to seek approval to contract for 2.9 gigawatts of gas-fired power to maintain reliability. Sort of an ongoing situation here. In California with backup gas-fired units, but uh, we'll get into that. Again, a topic that uh, on the surface might sound a little mundane, but once you get into it, uh, there's uh, some interesting things going on with that. So to kick things off, the California Public Utilities Commission in nearby Sacramento issued a proposed decision on July 28th that would increase natural gas storage at Aliso Canyon from 41.16 billion cubic feet to 68.6 BCF. That's on an interim basis. According to the PUC, this is, quote, to help secure energy reliability and protect against high natural gas and electric prices, unquote. So Sempra, the company that owns Aliso Canyon, on April 19th had submitted to the CPUC a joint petition on behalf of subsidiaries Southern California Gas and San Diego Gas and Electric to raise the storage limit at this facility. If you're not aware, there was a massive leak at this facility in 2015 and 2016. It was a big deal, massive methane leak, really affected the local community and led to many cries from environmental groups to shut the facility down. As time has gone on, the state has realized it needs this facility. It's kind of the backbone of the uh, natural gas system here in California and thus the power system. PUC has not specified what the interim period will be, but the agency said the increase is Necessary to protect natural gas and electricity customers from reliability and economic impacts during winter 23-24, which is, of course, upcoming. What we've seen in California 
is historically high wholesale natural gas prices really began uh, November 2022. Um, Sempra said, now this is interesting, if the, the additional 27 BCF had been available, it would have lowered natural gas costs across Southern California by between $507 million and $757 million last winter. Big numbers again. The high wholesale natural gas prices caused ratepayer bills in January to be three times higher when compared with average January bills from 2017 through 22. That's from a background brief. CPUC said that Southern California Edison, for example, began recovering roughly $454 million in related undercollections through a temporary rate increase that began in June. So Sempra plans to use the added storage for the unbundled storage program, which is paused since that 2015 leak, to ensure that residential and core customers are served and that there's sufficient natural gas and storage for balancing. There's not a whole lot of gas going through the system right now. Um, so some of it, you know, you have to start storing now for winter. Um, but the weather's not been... Uh, insanely hot, although July was, was quite hot. We'll talk about that a little bit more in our summer update. But uh, the, the that leak was declared plugged in February 2016. CPC launched a formal investigation. And what happened was the Geologic Energy Management Division reduced the safe storage limit from 86 BCF to 68.6 after the leak. Um, in 2020, the maximum allowed inventory was 34 BCF, which was increased by the CBUC in 2021 to 41, about 41 BCF. So we've seen a steady increase in the storage levels here for the, the previously cited reasons of reliability and gas bills, uh, making that added capacity available to the market and particularly to large customers like electric generators who haven't had access to storage in Southern California in recent years will reduce market scarcity and price volatility. That's according to the CPUC, which benefits all customers, large and small. There is a staff proposal still pending from the CPU staff for phasing out use of Aliso Canyon. So not a popular facility. There's read plenty of accounts of people that live near this thing that are claiming that it still leaks and that there's all kinds of health problems happening. So this increase in storage will likely not be welcomed by the environmental community. Now as reporting from Ann Ernst. Next up, my column, my bottom lines column on Friday was entitled, How is summer going on the California electric grid? Always kind of an open question here in California. Reliability-wise, things have been going pretty well uh, so far. Um, weather was cooler in June, and we've got lots of hydro uh, in storage because of the extremely wet winter that we had. And so the, the colder temperatures, or I should say lower temperatures in June compared to normal, helped uh, tamp down demand and increase supply. Of course, conditions got a lot tighter in July when things got a lot hotter. But there's a recent report from the California Independent System Operator, which really showed some insight into the complex relationship of factors that influence energy demand and supply in California. That would be, of course, weather. Um, and not weather just here, but the rest of the West, uh, the amount of energy being used, transmission congestion, another big one, natural gas prices, as well as new resources coming onto the grid. As I said, June was cooler than a previous June. Peak loads came in at about 28.5 gigawatts. Uh, 
substantially lower than the 34.2 gigawatt average peak in June 22. The highest average load in the month was on June 30th at 35.7 gigawatts. That day, temperatures were about three degrees lower than normal. This is according to Kaiser's report, which is called the Summer Market Performance Report for June. In addition to California, much of Utah, Arizona, Colorado, and Wyoming ended June with average maximum temperatures at least three degrees below average, while parts of Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana had some areas with maximum temperatures above average and some areas below average. That's according to Kaiso. In July, heat waves came in, uh, causing Kaiso to declare energy emergency alerts on July 25th and 26th due to the resources going offline. That, and there was continued excessive heat in the interior part of the state, transmission congestion, and high electricity demand. Here's a quote from Kaiso President and CEO Elliot Mainzer. This was July 19th, he's addressing the KISO board and the Western Energy Imbalance Market governing body. He said, as we move further into summer and more hot weather, we're well prepared for summer operations and have completed all readiness activities from operations and customer training to refining our playbook and communication protocols. Again, that wet winter increased the amount of hydro available this summer. Water, Water storage in reservoirs in June, these are major reservoirs, was 118% of average for early summer. Hydro production in June rose by 86% compared with June 2022. Imports peaked on July 25th at about 4 gigawatts around 8 p.m. If you look back at September 6, 2022, imports were about double at that time of day. That was the day we had some troubles on 2022. Almost hit some rolling outages, but the grid did hold. This July, price spreads encourage more exports out of Kaiso into the desert southwest and Baja, California. That's why we imported less. Things have changed quite a bit since August 2020, when Kaiso was forced to call rotating outages due to short supply in the evening hours. That's when solar production wanes, but air conditioners continue to hum here in California. There's also the Summer 2021 Readiness Initiative. <clears throat> this is created by the Kaiso Board of Governors, or actually approved by them. It was recently extended from June to May, from this June to May 31st, 2024. This summer readiness includes a series of steps, including establishing priorities for load, export, and wheeling. That's wheeling when power is wheeled through Kaiso. Also, creating incentives for imports during tight system conditions. There were some enhancements to real-time scarcity pricing. We saw use of demand response and additional publication of energized schedules, addition of an uncertainty component to the resource capacity test used in the WEIM, and also some interconnection process enhancements. So quite a bit of change uh, triggered by that the problems that we had a few years ago. And the big story in California is New resources coming online. Energy storage is increasing on the Kaiso grid as our hybrid solar storage storage has surged from a little over 2.5 gigawatts in 2021 to 5.4 gigawatts in 2023. That includes standalone, co-located, and hybrid resources. But what lies ahead, you know, August and September are really the toughest months here. You have high air conditioning demand. And it will be hot, of course. Average temperatures in August are expected to be above 100 degrees across swaths of Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, and California. 
so when you see the region-wide heat waves, that's when there's trouble because there's obviously less power to import, move around. The other areas need it too. But so far this summer, there's been less need to stress about rolling outages in the Golden State. Finally, from the Energy Commission, the California Energy Commission is due on August 9th to review an energy reliability program investment plan from the state's Department of Water Resources. This is really part of a larger reliability plan that was directed by the state legislature. The CEC will consider an investment plan by DWR that details the terms, costs, and scope of contracts for something called the Electricity Supply Strategic Reliability Reserve. That was created by the state legislature in 2021 and 2022 uh, bills when it became clear that we needed more power on the grid. So DWR submitted a report to the CEC detailing investments that have been made since October 31st, 2022. It plans to provide about, let's see, 2.9 gigawatts of natural gas fire generation to the state. This is for use during extreme events. The estimated cost is about $1.2 billion or, or more than $1.2 billion. The power would come from once-through cooling plants. These are natural gas plants on the coast that use once-through cooling that are scheduled for retirement, but the state has found we still need them. Uh, these facilities include Ormond Beach, Units 1 and 2, AES Alamitos, Units 3, 4, and 5, and the AES Hun Huntington Beach. LLC unit two. So these contracts are contingent on DWR extending compliance dates for these three plants to December 31st, 2026. The agency is due to vote on that extension on August 15th. And I see this proposal from DWR for this. Seems pretty likely they're going to once again extend those OTC operations, which is never popular with the localities down by those plants that want to see them gone. DWR said, quote, all three agreements include limits that the OTC units may only run as necessary to respond to extreme events, thereby balancing the grid's reliability needs against emissions from the units and usage of ocean cooling water. There's three bills, AB 205 and 178, which passed in 2022, and also AB 180, which passed in 2021. That established this electricity supply strategic reliability reserve and directed DWR to provide incremental emergency power during extreme events such as wildfires or lengthy heat waves. So this, these programs have really come after a lot of retirement of uh, gas-fired units on the grid itself. So now we're in a situation of adding back in backup gas, but as we see, only for use in those emergency situations which are, are looking to be maybe somewhat likely here in August. DWRs issued three requests for information, including uh, DWRs issued three requests for information to help prioritize zero and low emission resources for future procurement. That includes reliable zero emission commercial generation that can be deployed quickly commercial energy storage that can be deployed in short order, and fossil fuel power generation will be considered if responses to those above two RFIs are insufficient. Any fossil fuel power generation technology would need to meet a minimum standard similar to the California Air Resources Board's statewide distributed generation certification program. That program 
says those technologies are exempt from the permit requirements of air pollution control or air quality management districts. Deadline for responses to that part of it is on August 18th. So what we see in California is a love-hate relationship with natural gas. Obviously, a lot of efforts at the state level to get rid of this resource, but uh, again, finding that it is necessary, and this is just one more example of that. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Energy West. We are on social media. California Energy Markets is on the platform formerly known as Twitter, now known as X. Our handle is at CEM News Data. I am also on X, the platform known as X. That handle is at Fordney Energy, where I post some of my stories, provide what I hope is some insight into the California energy situation. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here next week.